The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Abortion can be a difficult subject to talk about. For those with personal experience, it may bring pain and can be hard to make sense of. Welcome to Life After Abortion with Michaeline Friedenberg and Skylar Christensen. On our program, we'll offer a safe place to begin the conversation about abortion and provide steps to start healing. Now, here's Michaeline and Skylar. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us today, especially because we recognize that talking about abortion can be really difficult. In fact, Mm -hmm. we typically don't talk about abortion, certainly not about personal abortion experiences. Um, And yet so many of us are impacted by abortion, either because maybe we've made that choice ourselves, or maybe somebody close to us has done that. We've definitely talked about how about three out of 10 women by the time they're 45 in this country will have at least one abortion. And then there's a man involved and there's family members and friends. And so we've really come to a point where so many of us are personally impacted and yet we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So when the subject comes up, this could really bring up some difficult emotions, some painful memories. So we're so glad that you're here and we want to assure you that this is a safe place. Mm-hmm. And that you are not alone. So at our, our last episode, we had a really special guest with us. That yeah. was Dr. Martha Diamond, who is an expert in reproductive loss. And herself and uh, two of her colleagues are also pioneers in developing uh, a way of looking at this. They, they talked about the reproductive story when they were here last time. And so certainly anyone who's listening and who didn't catch that episode, they can go on to Voice America on the Health and Wellness channel and look for Life After Abortion. They can find all of our past episodes, but they may want to certainly listen to this one um, because I think that it, it's something that really resonates with us. We don't really yeah. think about that. The fact that as we are children and as we're growing and developing, we're already beginning to kind of imagine or write our reproductive story, whether we're going to be a parent, not going to be a parent, how many children we're going to have. And as Dr. Diamond pointed out, a reproductive loss is never a part of that reproductive story. Mm-hmm. And so when that occurs, perhaps it's a miscarriage or stillbirth, or in this case, maybe an abortion. This is something we're unprepared for. It's not part of that story. She said sometimes it can be traumatic. Um, maybe some would say that trauma isn't the way that they would describe it, but it's certainly something that they're unprepared for. And suddenly you're feeling these emotions and you really don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the reproductive story is something that stuck with me from the first time I heard it. It was so interesting because it made so much sense to me. And I've 
worked in childcare a number of times, and I've seen that as kids play, I, I've I've started to notice this is really a, a true and obvious thing. These kids, they they play family games. They they act like they have their own kids. I was uh, working with the kids a few weeks ago, and and the little girls. These were preschoolers. They started acting uh, like they were pregnant. Actually, there were dolls, and they were putting the dolls in their shirt, and they were pretending to be pregnant with these babies because right. some of their moms were pregnant. And so this was just something they were already thinking about. They were already pretending to be mothers. And it just made so much sense as I'm observing this that, you know, with the concept of reproductive story, it's already started there. Absolutely. And men write those stories as well. And like I said, it may not be conscious, but it is something that we think about. And Dr. Diamond pointed out sometimes it's just in comments that we make, you know, and I was... Uh, around one of a, a, a young man, one of our family members, and he made a comment of, well, when I have children, I'm never going to tell them they have to finish their plate. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I thought, well, that's so interesting. Yeah. Now he's not dating anybody. He's never really talked about like marriage before. But for him, he's already thinking in time when I have children, this is something I'm not going to do with my children. Right. And I think it also for me really made sense um, because that also helps to explain why the intensity of our emotions, the duration of our grief is not correlated to the length of the pregnancy mm-hmm. or how that pregnancy ended. And I think that's something that can be very confusing for individuals. You know, perhaps you have someone who suffered an early miscarriage. Maybe they didn't even know they were pregnant until they were miscarried and they're confused. Then why am I feeling all this grief? Right. Why do I feel this profound loss? But also when it comes to abortion, because certainly, and I, and I think it makes sense, individuals could say, well, how, how is that a loss? Or how would you be grieving if the individuals actually chose to terminate that pregnancy? And I say chosen loosely. Um, most people feel under tremendous pressure. This is not something that they mm-hmm. really wanted to do, but they're feeling their circumstances are pushing them in this direction. But regardless, it's something that they did rather than in a miscarriage. This is something you had no control over at all. But I think the reproductive story kind of helps to understand that as well. Right. We've already begun to bond with our children before we've ever experienced a pregnancy, um, whether it's the woman, the man, themselves as a couple. Right. And as Dr. Diamond was saying, it's it's not just the loss of, of a child. It's the loss of the story itself that is felt. It's it's that loss kind of, of of identity even they had thought for so long that their life would go one way the in the reproductive uh, you know part of their life but it changed yes. it was different and and I think too yeah. in our we certainly envision ourselves um, in that role as being one that could complete that would be able to complete a pregnancy and also that we mm-hmm. protect that pregnancy and so when that doesn't happen um, that becomes very difficult as well and we talked about multiple losses 
Mm-hmm. That can occur. And, and, and today we're going to be continuing that discussion about identifying our losses. And there can be a number of different losses that occur um, after an abortion. And of course, that loss will be different depending on if you are the woman who's pregnant, if you were the, the partner, the father of that child, or maybe you're the grandparent or some other family member or friend, that loss is going to be different. And so we certainly think of that, lo- that inherent loss, the loss of that child, and that's something that as we hear the stories of men, women, family members, and friends, that's certainly a loss that they're talking about, the loss of that child and grieving the loss of that child. But we also know that there's other losses that can be involved. Some studies say that up to 80% of relationships do not survive after an abortion. So in addition to the loss of the child, there's often the loss of the relationship and there's grief over that loss, even if that relationship was troubled. It's something that we're feeling that loss over that relationship. Yeah, and I, it seems like it would be especially hard if, I mean, I've, I've heard a number of stories where the abortion happened in attempt to keep a relationship, yes. to hold on to that relationship. And then if even after having the abortion, the relationship still ends, I mean, that just adds another layer of trauma. There's a lot of loss in that. It's a very significant loss. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that can be for those who, um, uh, you know, and this spans all relationships. This could Mm -hmm. be in something that was a fairly casual relationship to a committed relationship to commitment all the way up to marriage. Um, This puts this type of loss puts a tremendous stress and as we've kind of touched on in the past as well, men and women can really grieve differently. And so that can really add to it. So perhaps there was this attempt for the relationship to continue, but if one partner is maybe taking this harder than the other and then they're not understanding what's happening, that can continue to create stress in that relationship mm-hmm. and can maybe then be a breach in the relationship and a loss I think also of sometimes you have, you know, very young women, teenagers who still living in the home and they become pregnant and the parents in the belief that it will be the best thing for their daughter. You know, they envision maybe she won't be able to complete high school. Maybe she can't go on to college. And so they're encouraging or maybe even really pressuring her to have an abortion. And so you can imagine, think of those who have spoken to me who they really longed, they wanted to keep the baby. And their parents are really pushing them to have the abortion. And so then after the abortion, in addition to that teenager grieving the loss of her child, she now feels betrayed by her parents. And there's this breach in relationship that can occur there as well. And then I've heard it conversely. Mm -hmm. Parents saying, we thought this was the best thing for our daughter, and now we're watching her, or it can be for their son as well. We're watching them, and they're not doing well. They're devastated by this. Mm -hmm. And so then the parents' guilt, um, but then perhaps not knowing how to repair and what to do in this situation. I also think of those who have um, some come from a faith background 
And so they're feeling, and they'll express that they feel a loss in their relationship with God. They feel some sort of spiritual loss. I think of those who will say, like, I I said I would never do this, um, and now I have. And, and what does this mean? And does God love me? And can he forgive me? We often hear those things written in the stories that come into abortionchangesyou.com that tends yeah. to be a theme that is there. And so that's another layer for those who are, not everybody does, but for those who do, you can imagine that would be really a profound loss. And it seems yeah. like it's kind of cut off from your, your moorings if that's something that's really important to a person. Definitely. And if, if that especially is, is central to their identity, like we've talked about, or, or any of these things, if they identified themselves as someone who wouldn't do this, and now circumstances have led to a place where they now have, that identity is, is really shaken. There's that loss of, of identity. They might start asking, well, who am I if I am not who I thought I was? I thought I wouldn't, and now I have am I who I thought I yes. was? It's Absolutely. We had shared a story in a, in a previous episode and a, a young woman, they were engaged. Um, she wanted to keep the baby. Her fiance did not. She eventually gave in and had the abortion. The relationship didn't survive it. She was really struggling with, I said, I would never do this. Then she began to um, overwork Then she began to overspend. She didn't want to be by herself. And she ended up in a place where she said she didn't recognize herself. Mm -hmm. She didn't even know who she was. And this so shook her to her core of trying to figure that out. So these are some of the multiple losses. And then certainly the meaning of the loss can change over time as well. And I'm thinking when we come back after the break, we can pick up there and talk about the meaning of the loss. And there's a a couple stories that have recently been submitted anonymously that I think will really illustrate this for us. Um, But in the meantime, I do want to, if anyone has a question, they can certainly email us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com. That's contact at abortionchangesyou.com. They can also find us on Facebook. Right. And we will be posting updates to the Facebook page. That's Facebook slash creating a safe place. Uh, We'll be posting the safe place tips as well as just helpful information information that we talk about in the episode yes and we'll be having a special guest later on too and we'll be putting millie lace's contact information there but perhaps someone who has a comment or question that they want to post on facebook as well so there's many different Mm. ways that people can get in contact with us and we certainly welcome you and want and ask you to join this conversation and we'll pick this up when we come back after the break making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso. To bust through the myths about feeding your baby, Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome back. This is Michael Lane. And this is Skylar. We're so glad that you're here with us today, and and please let us reassure you from the start that although this is a difficult topic, this is definitely a safe place Mm -hmm. to enter into discussion about how abortion can impact us in a very personal way. We've been talking about losses and identifying Mm -hmm. losses, and I did want to read just a, a couple anonymous stories that came in, but before I do that, maybe the question is being asked like, kind of why or why is this important or how does this all fit and so I think it'd be good to touch on that really quickly and so certainly we're talking about this all in the context of loss and and then a way that you process loss is by grieving and we'll be talking about that more in future episodes but before we can do that, we actually really do have to put a name to it. Hmm. And so in a culture that doesn't really acknowledge reproductive loss after abortion, that's already a hurdle. And we've talked about that before with disenfranchised grief. So even just acknowledging that there is a loss is so important. And then to identify the putting the name on it becomes so important. That actually allows us 
to begin that grieving process. Until we've named it, it's pretty hard to do that. Hmm. And I think sometimes when it comes to um, a reproductive loss or loss after abortion, we might naturally think about the loss of the child, which makes sense. Um, But as we've been mentioning, there are often other losses that occur as well. And so someone may be processing and grieving the loss of their child, but then wondering why they feel stuck and why it seems like they're just not really moving forward with this and feeling maybe the, I don't know if relief is the way to say it, but maybe the intensity of the emotions diminishing. And it may be because there are other losses that haven't been named, haven't been identified, and so we haven't been grieving them. And so that's why it's so important to be able to do that. To identify what the loss is so that you can grieve it. Yeah. Absolutely. And you may have done that in a sense if someone if you've written your story out or shared your story, but you may not be thinking about it that way. And so I think thinking in that context of recognizing, oh, my relationship didn't last. Perhaps I'm also grieving the loss of that relationship. Or as we mentioned, maybe I'm a person of faith. And you know what? I do feel distant from God. Or, you know what? I don't recognize myself. Well, those are all losses. And that will be important to actually grieve. You can grieve those simultaneously. Or maybe you'll be grieving them, you know, um, at, at different times as well. And we'll be talking more about that process in future episodes. But I did want to read a couple stories. And these actually illustrate how the meaning of the loss can change over time. And this is something that can be really confusing for individuals. So a woman had written in anonymously to abortionchangesyou.com. And you can find her story on the website. And I'm just going to be reading excerpts of it. But she talks about, um, she says, In 2009, when I was 23 years old, I already had a four-year-old daughter. And then she talks about the decision to terminate that pregnancy and her fears that she had of being able to care for her four-year-old daughter. And she says, at that time, and up to the last couple of years, I was proud of my decision. So she felt like she did what she had to do, and then she was able to care for her daughter. But then in um, 2013, she got back with her daughter's father, and they had another child. They had a boy. And she said, as I watched my son grow, a small ache crept up inside of me. I denied it, but it stayed. Finally, one day, I broke down in sobs and hysterically admitted out loud to myself that I missed my baby. Hmm. After I finally admitted to myself that I felt a terrible loss, at night time for weeks, after my son and daughter were asleep, I lay awake crying. My arms ached to hold my baby. I felt and still feel incomplete. I stole a sibling from my children. I reflect often on the fact that had I not gone through with the abortion, chances are strong that I'd never have had my son or started a career or become a homeowner or got back together with my child's father. But still, I long to know my baby. I long to smell my baby, to hold my baby, to tell my baby, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to move past this grief. Hmm. 
And this is a story, although the certainly the details will be different, but this is something I, I do hear, and I actually hear it fairly commonly, where for some time she felt she actually didn't feel like this was a loss. She felt like this was something, an important decision that she made, not one that she wanted to, but one that she had to. And as she said, she was actually proud of the decision. But then as life went on and her circumstances changed, suddenly now the abortion is a loss. And now we see a really profound loss for her. Yeah, it stuck out to me when she talked about... um, she said her her children, she took a sibling from them. Yes. And that was something that she wouldn't have thought about before, likely. But now that she has these children, I mean, she's thinking about it in these new ways. Like you said, her circumstances changed. Well, and it's interesting element. because she didn't think about it as taking a sibling from her four-year-old daughter. Mm. But then when she had her son, yeah, I mean, she, it's, it's, she's reinterpreted this. Yeah. And and for her, it's um, she certainly what she points out of of this recognizing. But if I didn't do that, mm-hmm. I may not have my son. I may not be back together with my children's, my daughter's, you know, father. And so that can be really confusing because yeah. that may be the case. And so that can be really confusing. But I think to know that that is normal. Mm-hmm. It is normal and it's normal to have mixed feelings. And it's also normal for the meaning of the loss to change over time. There's another story I wanted to share. So this woman writes in, she says she's 21 years old and I've had two abortions already. The second one was done exactly one week ago from today. And she wrote in a couple weeks ago on this. So probably about a month ago now. So she described in length when she was 19 is when she had the first abortion. Her boyfriend was an alcoholic and he was abusive. And so she said, I felt happy and honestly satisfied with my decision. Then she describes circumstances around the second abortion. And she said, I didn't want a second abortion. I grew attached to the baby. And then she said, when I woke up from the anesthesia, I was broken. I cried my eyes out. I regretted it. I felt empty. I felt disgusting. I felt like a murderer. I felt worthless. This was the abortion that really hurt me. She describes more about it and says, this time my abortion changed my life. I regret listening to people. I need help. And then she's, she's asking for help and saying, I want my happiness back. And so with this story where that first abortion, right, I was happy and I was satisfied. Her second abortion, right, I grew attached to the baby. And then these very, very harsh and difficult things that she thinks about herself. I, mm-hmm. I felt disgusting, I mean, just that complete change in how she's experiencing, and these abortions were only a couple years apart, um, that she had. And so this one isn't necessarily that the meaning had changed. It doesn't seem like for the first abortion, it still seems that it's something that she maybe doesn't even feel as a loss. But the second abortion has affected her so profoundly. And you can imagine how that must be confusing and perhaps even more traumatizing for her because she didn't expect that that was going to happen for her. 
And so I think it's so important, um, the reason of sharing these stories, um, certainly for these women who are sharing them, this is all part of their process. This is their process of, of identifying that this happened to them, this is real, kind of validating their own experience, knowing that others are reading their story is something that actually helps to validate that. They know that they're not alone when they're doing it. They're also working through emotions and they're identifying their losses and the complexity of what that means. And of course, that can be different for different people. I think of a a gentleman who had called into a talk show I was on and him and his girlfriend aborted their child when they were in their 20s. Um, they broke up. She went on to get married and, and have other children. He did not get married, um, nor um, did he ever parent. And when he was in his 50s is when he was, when he was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. He talked about how he was never going to be a grandfather, And it was because of the decision that he made that maybe he could have been a grandfather. And so he did not regret the decision until much later, decades later. And then again, that meeting of the loss, suddenly he's already, this is a loss. I lost a child, but this child could be an adult. I could be a grandfather. I'm never going to be a grandfather. And so these are all the ways that we can be impacted Um, by our own decisions or maybe the decision of someone else I think on the other end of it of adults sharing with me that their only child had an abortion never ended up having children and so they will never be a grandparent and that was not from their own choice it was from a choice that somebody else had made and just kind of the layers of loss and grief that can happen there well, when we come back from break, we have a really special guest. Uh, mm-hmm. Millie Lace will be coming on. She is the founder of the International Abortion Recovery Helpline. This is such an amazing resource. I'm really excited to have our listeners learn about this resource. Mm-hmm. Really excited to hear from Millie about why she started it and what her experience is. And so we can know more about this amazing resource. In the meantime, if you have a question, please feel free to email us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com or maybe you would like to post that question or comment on Facebook. Right, and that's Facebook slash creating a safe place. And you can, of course, like that and follow us there and we'll be posting things as we move on. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we come back from the break, we'll be welcoming Millie Lace. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. 
Get started now at a the number one storage.com. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. listening to Life After Abortion. If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Welcome. This is Michaeline. And this is Skylar. We are so glad that you're listening today, that you've joined us um, to talk about how individuals may be impacted by abortion. We were talking in the first half of the program about identifying losses and the different types of losses, multiple losses, the meaning of the loss can change. If you weren't able to listen, you can certainly go and and listen to that podcast um, once the show is ended, and we certainly... um, you know, encourage you to do that and maybe listen to our past episodes as well. But right now, we would like to introduce a very, very important resource. So we've talked a number of times about an anonymous resource, a website, abortionchangesyou.com, that people can come to. And that can be a really great place to start. Um, But what about when we need to hear a human voice? We actually need to talk to somebody. But maybe you're not quite ready to actually go in person and do that. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a fantastic resource, um, the International Abortion Recovery Helpline. And we have the founder on with us today, Millie Lace. And so, Millie, we are so grateful that you are able to join us today. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Millie. And I think um, I... I think it'd probably just be best for our guests to hear it from you, um, why you decided to start the hotline, and then maybe you could start to describe the purpose of the hotline. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Well, Maglene, um as you know, and then I would tell the audience that uh, I am a woman who has experienced abortion, and because of that, being in my past, I have always, I guess, been passionate for the, you know, the subject at hand. And, um, and so I won't go into my story right now, but, uh, I, I've always, um, 
you know, worked and been a professional and uh, was a school teacher and a school counselor. And then I got my license, became a licensed professional counselor. And during those years um, of being in private practice and counseling people, it would always sort of gnaw at me at the you know, in, in my deep of my gut, that um, there were times that I felt like I needed to disclose my story, but yet I, I, di- I didn't know, you know, exactly how to do that. And so just through prayer mm-hmm. and uh, just a journey of where, where I would say God was taking my life at that time, um, I felt like that I was supposed to incorporate some care pregnancy services in with uh, the counseling. And so in 2001, uh, we opened Concepts of Truth Incorporated, and we opened as a professional counseling center and a care pregnancy center at that time. And we had about six volunteers, and I'll try to make the story short, but the six volunteers that we had just all happened to be post-abortive women. And uh, they had come, you know, and they had been through recovery. We'd all been through recovery. And so we needed a number that our local clients could call. And so we wanted to get an 800 number so they wouldn't have to pay for the call. Uh, And so then what happened was about two years, I guess, after that, after we opened, uh, I met some folks uh, on the national scene of the whole... um, you know, abortion recovery movement, and um, they were asking me, could they use our number? They found out that we had, you know, some volunteers that were taking calls and willing to take calls, and so when they asked us to use our number, you know, through prayer again, uh, we talked with our board, and then we believed that we were supposed to share our number, And but those calls went from, in 2003, uh, we we probably had about 80 calls a year. <laughs> you know, we didn't have that many through our local uh, resource there. But when when it went national, and people started putting it on a TV program, and they started putting it, you know, in books and resources, then we started getting umpteen more calls and callers from every state in the nation uh, mm-hmm. and other parts of the world. And so we quickly became the national helpline for abortion recovery. And then through the years. Um, it just in the last couple of years, we've changed our name to the International Helpline for Abortion Recovery and Prevention. So uh, it, it's evolved over the years, but uh, it's been a blessing. And it's uh, and we do have not just women who take calls, but also men. So maybe um, I can segue into what um, right. you know, that's sort of how it was founded. Is yeah. that okay? And then okay. yeah, and actually, just um, this is. This is so fascinating. So from your own personal experience, you were feeling like maybe there's others who may need some sort of assistance. And then you have these others come around you who all had abortion experiences. It's just amazing. And then mm-hmm. and then having that, that kind of natural growth um, mm-hmm. happening for you. And in fact, I think, too, before we even say anything more, I'd like to give out the number because we haven't actually done that yet. And that's 866 866- Four eight two five four three three, so eight six six four eight two five four three three, and you mentioned that you had about eighty calls a year at the time. So I'm wondering um, at this point about how many calls are you receiving? Oh, thousands, uh, thousands of calls. So uh, we've we've had you know over ten thousand callers through the years, and. Um, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. or 12,000. I don't remember the number exactly okay. right now, but uh, in a year's time, yeah, from 80 calls a year to over thousands. And, and so it's very much grown. I would say an average month would be somewhere, uh, you know, at, at a peak time, I guess you'd say 200, 250 callers a month. And maybe then on the maybe slower months, it might be, you know, a hundred and something calls a month. So you take where we weren't even having a hundred a year to right. more than a hundred a month. So right. that's sort right. of a good perspective of, of uh, yeah, perspective Absolutely. of how it's, how it's grown. Yes. Right. So there's, there's a need because yes. there's such a great need, you know, yes. people are hurting. Absolutely. And it's so wonderful that you're there. And it's really, I was so, um, you know, glad that you, um, clarify that there are men and women because sometimes, you know, we, if, if we think about how people are impacted at all, we tend to think about the woman and yet men are profoundly impacted. And um, to know that they could call in and certainly they can call to speak to a man or a woman, but I think just knowing that would help the comfort level. So I'm wondering if I were to call that number, what would I be encountering? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. And I want to say that you will um, always, always, and if you don't get this, I need to know, I need to know immediately, but you always get a live person. And uh, that's the beauty of it. Um, We have staff that answer calls 24-7, so it's immediate help. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when you call, uh, there's just a short um, little segment that says, you know, hold while we connect you to someone who can help you. And that's actually, I think, my voice on there at the beginning, but we, we just uh, patched that call to our staff that's on call. And um, these are women and men uh, answering the phones that have had this experience with abortion, but they have been through some type of recovery where they have healed to a place to help others. And so, therefore, the line, I want to say this, it's very non-judgmental and mm-hmm. it's very confidential. And what they would experience on that line is another person who can disclose right away that, you know, I've been where you are, and, um, and, and we do that. And, and we would disclose that, not to be needy to disclose that, but to, to identify with that caller and get on that same playing field with that caller, so to speak, and that, that we would disclose that that's us too. So we're here to listen and we're here to really assess what your call is about. So your call may just be that you've never told anyone, you know, and you just mm-hmm. want to tell someone, and that's fine. Uh, our, one of our main goals is to help you find the help in your local area, a, a resource mm-hmm. in your local area where you can get either some one-on-one uh, counseling or you can get into a group. And so our staff is trained to uh, facilitate that. And then, um, but we're here to listen, and it's not just a referral. In other words, they're not going to be quick to say, "Oh, yeah, here's here's what you need in this zip code." Da 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 da. But they're going to listen. And mm-hmm. our, I, I told as I told Skylar earlier, I believe that we're our, our motto. I guess you would say is that we're we're here to build a relationship with that caller because okay. we want to follow that caller in a sense to make sure follow up, and that's something very unique. If they give us permission, and we will ask, may we follow up with you to just see if you got the help you needed? Because, you know, I know, and the other ones that are taking calls, this is a journey. 
and yes. and this is a, a, a I want to say baby steps, you know. And so just making the phone call. Many times I tell someone and our staff may say, you know what, when you made that call, you gave yourself permission to start a journey and to start healing. Mm-hmm. And so we're here mm-hmm. to facilitate that journey and to try our best to walk with you during that journey of where you are and what you need. And um, so we will mail you or email you uh, resources if that's something that you would like, and we always ask that, because it may be a while before you could actually get in to some local resource, and so we want to right. support you. Yeah. Right. And so, like I said, I, I think that that's something they could expect. And, um, and number one, just to remember a compassionate person that's... Uh, not there to judge, and but there to listen and there to, like I said, help facilitate that journey wherever they may be. That's that is so wonderful. And um, when we we're coming up on a break, when we come back, we have a, a few more questions for you. But this is so wonderful to learn. So um, the helpline is eight six six. Four eight two five four three three. As you said, there's someone there on twenty four seven. They've had a similar experience, so it's going to be in a place of um, compassion and non-judgment. You'll know that you're not alone, and it is you know you can be anonymous. I am assuming if you don't want to share your name, and it's confidential. What a great resource! Well, we'll come back and we'll pick up our conversation in just a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need extra space? A1 Self Storage has the storage unit you need, from closet size to garage. If you're looking to move, we have a huge selection of packing and moving supplies to help you move across town or across the country. Select locations are open for you 24-7, and we offer 51 convenient locations throughout California and Texas. Visit A1Storage.com. You can rent your storage unit completely online. Get started now at A, the number one, storage.com. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Life After Abortion. 
If you'd like to connect to the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is contact at abortionchangesyou.com. Now, back to Life After Abortion. Well, welcome. This is Michael Lane. And this is Skylar. We are so honored to have a special guest with us today. And we had a few more questions for Millie Lace. Millie is the founder of the International Abortion Recovery Helpline. She was sharing with us that at that helpline, which is 866-482-5433, you will reach a live person 24-7, someone who is trained and who also knows from personal experience what it's like to be impacted by abortion. So you're going to be reaching someone who's compassionate and non-judgmental, um, and your call will be confidential. So Millie, you shared so much with us, and this is just amazing to hear about the, the growth um, and, and also the service, as you had said, building that relationship with somebody. Um, and that's, of course, up to the caller, um, how they would like that to proceed, or maybe they don't want that to proceed, but you offer that for them, um, as well as a connection into local resources. And then also um, just that validation of letting them know you're not alone, your loss is real. And then, as you said, you have started a journey um, and pointing out how important that is and significant that it is, which is all wonderful. And I uh, realized that I had I had a question for you in the in the stories that we receive anonymously on abortionchangesyou.com. Um, we will often hear from individuals who are saying things like, um, "Can God forgive me?" Um, or maybe, and, and I'm not sure if they actually have a faith background or not, but this is something they're expressing, or someone who specifically will say they came from a faith tradition, they said they would never do this, now they've made this decision, and it's clear that they have a spiritual need, and they're looking for help, and I'm just wondering if if a caller calls in and is expressing that, are your, are your counselors, are they able to help callers who may have a spiritual need? Absolutely, absolutely, and and I just want to say, Michaeline, that uh, we we always say we're here to serve all peoples. We recently got an accreditation at the United Nations, and you know I can remember during that process, I I had to give an identity of you know, and and as an identity, I, I'm I, I can say I'm a Christian, but I'm here to serve all peoples, and. So we're going to be respectful on the phone as to what, you know, spiritual need are you seeking. And, and of course, we can share uh, and feel free to share if they give us permission or they're asking that. And, you know, as a counselor and as a professional counselor, we always want to be respectful of where that person is spiritually. And so... Um, you know, we never claim to have all the answers because we don't, but we want we want to hear what where they are and what they are really seeking, like you have said, and you've summed it up so very well. So yes, and so the question and the, the answer to the question is the definite yes. And so um, and again, we don't uh, if if they had um, you know questions that we felt like might be more personal to a um, 
to their journey in a specific faith, then we would refer them to some local, you know, pastor or resource that maybe could answer more than what mm-hmm. we could answer because we would for sure try to keep it as, I want to use the word generic or, or interfaith as we could. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we would be coming from uh, because, again, we um, we don't profess to have all the answers spiritually, but but we could for sure share our own, you know, our own experience and our own journey and then try to answer any questions right. they might would have. Yes. That's wonderful. And it's really good to hear because certainly yeah. not everybody um, is expressing that type of a need, but it's one that we do hear quite often. And so right. to know that there is a place where those needs and those questions could be answered as well. And and just also hearing from you how you describe it, I think you had mentioned before the break, you, you want to be there to meet someone where they're at. And mm-hmm. that's so important, and just that emphasis on compassion and respect, and and again that the person who's calling is the person in many ways who's directing, and as you said, is kind of you know giving you permission. So you're there to listen, but you can also facilitate and guide, and you can meet their needs. And it sounds like you can meet a whole range of different needs, mm-hmm. or connect them with individuals who would be able to do that. Absolutely. And one word that just pops in my mind right now that we use a lot uh, is that we want to remain approachable. And so Mm -hmm. if you uh, experience something different than that, please let us know. (laughs) But that's our that's sort of our motto that we remain approachable because we're here to serve. And um, I just hope that this is going to help someone. And I do encourage anyone out there listening to to please call if you're searching, if you're you know, if you're hurting, and we're here to help. Absolutely, and I would imagine that would be, as you said, where they're at. So maybe someone's confused. Um, maybe they wouldn't describe this as a loss. Maybe they wouldn't even say mm-hmm. they regret it, but, they're, but they have all these emotions and they don't know what to do. And you, this helpline would be a safe place for them to call. Millie, thank you so much for joining mm-hmm. us. And we will be yeah. posting the helpline as well as your website on our Facebook page. Yeah, Facebook.com slash creating a safe place. So thank you so much, Millie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Well, what what I've been really looking forward to having Millie come on and describe to us this amazing resource, which really is our, we we talk about our resource roundup. Well, this is a resource we're obviously highlighting this week, would be the helpline 866-482-5433. Maybe someone wants to check them out online before they make a call, and they can do that at internationalhelpline.org. That's internationalhelpline.org. And I love that, that always the with their permission, with their permission. So to me, just showing the respect that you'd be showing to the individual who was calling in and really listening to their story and being there to listen and just be a facilitator for them. Yeah, and guide them into what they might need and being there for men and women, just ready to accept whoever is going to call in and and anybody calling in. It's going to be a person and and someone who's going to be able to understand. Absolutely. It's so great. And I know from speaking with Millie in the past that family members and friends, this is certainly a place that they can call as well. Anyone who may Mm -hmm. be impacted by an abortion experience. 
I think this leads us also into our safe place tip right before we wrap up here. Right, right. And just real fast, I mean, we've got a a couple minutes, but our safe place tip for this week, we want to just talk about, you know, for those people who want to help those in their lives who have experienced an abortion, it's important to be educated about the resources available. We've highlighted an amazing resource today, the uh, International Helpline for Abortion Recovery, but there are so many great resources out there. And just becoming acquainted with those resources, doing some research and, and figuring out what those are so that when someone comes to you, you can have places to point them to and say, I might not be able to help you, but here's a place you can go. They really, they're ready for you. Absolutely. And so, and certainly you can research in your own area. You may already be aware of resources, but you can also, um, on the Find Help directory, in on abortionchangesyou.com, there is now... Gosh, there's over 950 resources that are listed there throughout the country, some international as well. And it's a whole range from, you know, places that you can call in, that can text. Maybe uh, maybe it's a weekend retreat you're looking for, or maybe there's weekly, individual, group. All of that is listed there. So we certainly invite you to do that, and we will be um, later this week listing our safe place tip. But today on our Facebook page, we will be putting, again, the information for the International Abortion Recovery Helpline. And we certainly also encourage you to contact us at contact at abortionchangesyou.com like us on the Facebook page. And we look forward to having you join us again next week on Life After Abortion. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another edition of Life After Abortion next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, we're here to help you.